Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing today? Just good. It wasn't too good. Happy New Year. Is it? Happy New Year. All right. Praise God. I don't know what your year was like, but I believe that every time you survive a year, God deserves the highest praise. So let's praise Him now for a new year, because I believe, I'm not going to tell you, oh, this is going to be a great year, or this is going to be your year, whatever you like to tell yourself. I'm just going to tell you that whatever your year might have in store, God is still faithful and God is still in control. That I can promise you. So, to start off this new year, we're going to start this brand new series. It's titled, All Things New. And I don't know what your, how many of you have a New Year's resolution? Just show me your hand. You have at least one, two, three, all right. How many of you completed last year's resolution? No one? All right. That's good because 87% of Americans do not fulfill their New Year's resolution. So I'm going to help you in this series. I want to help you by choosing four resolutions for your spiritual walk with the Lord this year. Four choices you're going to have to make in order to see yourself walk in God's blessings and His greatness. So we're going to start this series, All Things New. We're going to start by going to the book of Matthew chapter 9, beginning at verse 17. Matthew 9, verse 17. Just one verse to start off this series. And Jesus said, Neither do men pour new wine into old wineskin. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless this word today. As we come back to the new year, we kind of settle down from the rush of the holidays and Christmas and the busyness of everything, Lord. And Father, as we get back to normal, we don't know what this year is going to have for us as a church. We don't know what this year is going to store for us as individuals. But we do know, Lord, that you are faithful, that you are sovereign and in control of all things. But I pray, Lord, as we begin to make changes and choices and New Year's resolutions, that we start off with what matters most, and that's our walk in relationship with you. Lord. So please help me to preach this word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You guys can have a seat as we get into this New Year's message and series for the whole month of January. I started reading the passage. I don't know why, but this week I was really praying for a New Year's message. I didn't want to preach the typical message that you're going to be blessed this year and God's going to do new things in your life and it's going to be an amazing year and forget last year, forget the past. I don't want to preach any of that because the truth is we don't know what's going to happen this year. We don't know what's going to happen in our country, in our lives. We don't know any of that. So as I was praying, this verse in Matthew nine seventeen kept coming up to my, my mind. And it kept repeating in my mind, so I started studying it. And as I studied it, I realized a powerful message that I was really listening to here in the, in the Bible. See, from chapter 8 to chapter 9, is all full of miracles. 
When you read the Bible and when you look at Matthew chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 9, all you see is Jesus doing miracles. How many of you want to see Jesus do miracles in your life? You want to see God really work? I guarantee you, if you read chapter 8 and chapter 9, all of it, you're going to see the power of God through Jesus Christ. I mean, the Bible teaches that Jesus, he did, the Bible says he healed many people. Literally, it just says he healed many. So much people were healed that the Bible couldn't even tell you all the stories that happened because it was so much. But the Bible mentions in chapter 8 through chapter 9, it mentions how Jesus healed a paralyzed person. The Bible mentions that Jesus healed people with leprosy. That Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. And the Bible talks about Jesus calming the storm. The Bible talked about in just this one chapter, it talked about how Jesus not only calmed the storm, but he healed a demon-possessed man that was living in the graveyard. And when he was healed, he went back home to his family and everything was better and everything was restored. So when you read the Bible, when you read Matthew chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 9, all you see and hear about is how God was working, how God was moving, how God was changing lives and doing miracles and setting the captive free. You see how lives were changing. Imagine if you're that paralyzed person and Jesus just touches you and all of a sudden you start walking again. Imagine how your life changes. Imagine if you're that person with leprosy and if you had leprosy, you were thrown outside the city gate. You were just resolved to just begging. You lost your family. You lost your job. But when Jesus touches this man with leprosy, he gets instantly healed. He gets his old life back and everything becomes better. Imagine if you're Peter's mom and mother-in-law and you're dying with a fever and you don't know if you're going to make it, but Jesus just touches you and you get right out of bed and cook dinner. Imagine if you're the disciples and Jesus just calms the storms and you see everything get calm and better. You see, Jesus, when you look at Matthew chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 9, all you see is how lives were changed. How lives got better. How people were delivered. You see people getting breakthroughs. You see lives were changing. Lives were being blessed and transformed. Jesus did so many things to change the life. If you want to sum it up all into one category, Jesus did a new thing. Let me ask you a question. Do you want something new in your life? Can you show me your hands for a second? You can say, I want something new in my life. You know that the average person wants something new in their life? And the reason you want something new is because you want things to be different. Maybe you're here this morning and saying, Pastor, I want life to be different. I'm tired of, of the same problem. I'm tired of the same life. I'm, I'm tired of the same thing. I want something new. I want something better. I want something different. And if you would ask your average person in the church, do you really want to see God do something different in your life? The majority of people would say, yes, absolutely. I want to see God do something different in the life of myself. I want to see God do something new in me. I want to change old habits. I want to change my attitude. I want God to do something new within myself. 
Maybe you're saying, I just want God to do something new and different within my family, within my children or, or my marriage. Or maybe we're saying, man, we want to see God do something different and new in our church or just in your life in general. You see, my point is this. God is all about making all things new. God is all about bringing change to your life. No matter what the circumstances may be, no matter where you're coming from, I believe that God has the power to make all things new and all things different and change the ra in a radical way. God can transform your entire life. In fact, Isaiah 43, 19 says this. It says, see, I'm doing a new thing. This is God through Isaiah speaking. And God says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. But notice this profound question. Not only does the Bible say God is doing new things, but it says, do you perceive it? Do you see it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. You see, God was saying, I'm doing a new thing. I can change things. I can make things better. I can bring streams in the middle of a desert. I can change your circumstances around. I can bring change like you've never seen before. I do new things. But notice the question. Do you perceive it? Do you see it? You see, even though God can do new things in your life, and God has the power to change your life, and God has the power to transform and do new things in your life, it doesn't mean that you're going to see it. In fact, maybe right now you believe God can bring change and God can do new things, but if you're honest with yourself, you're saying, no, pastor, if God would ask me, do you see it? You would say, no. In fact, many people don't see God doing new things. Many people don't see God bringing change in their life. Many people are even stuck where they don't want to be stuck. They're stuck in old ways. They're stuck in old attitudes, old mindsets, old habits, the same old problem. If you would describe a lot of people today, and if you can sum it up in one word, I believe the majority of us would say, I'm just stuck, pastor. And I don't see God doing new things in my life. I don't see God doing new things in myself. I don't see God doing new things for my future. I don't see God doing new things in my family. Nothing's changed. Nothing is different. I'm in the same job. I'm in the same problems with the same marriage, the same children, the same issues, the same circumstances, the same setbacks, the same struggle. The only difference is I go to church, I pray, I might read the Bible, but if I look at my life, I know God can bring change, but I don't see it. Aren't you tired of that life? Of knowing that God can change your life, but you don't see it? You see Jesus does miracles and he heals the blind and he touches the paralyzed person and he heals the sick and he's transforming lives and he's doing new things. But does that really describe your life? 
majority of people say, no, I feel stuck. And if you're honest enough with this new year that we're in, you're saying, I don't think this year's going to change either. I think this year is going to be like every other year. I'm going to hope and wish and desire, but I don't believe it's going to happen. I don't believe I'm going to change. I don't believe my life's going to change. That's why I wanted to read you Matthew chapter 9, verse 17. Because Jesus is doing all these miracles. Again, He's healing the paralyzed man. He's healing the demon-possessed man. He heals Peter's mother-in-law. He calms the storms. He's healing all the sick people. He healed many. He's changing lives. And all of a sudden, in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus paused. He stops working miracles. And He starts talking about new wine and old wineskin. And see, when Jesus does something like that, you have to pay attention because you're thinking, why did Jesus just stop to talk about new wine and old wineskin? And here's why. It's because someone came up to Jesus and said, Jesus, don't your disciples fast? This is while Jesus is doing miracles, someone interrupts him and says, hey, I noticed your disciples, they don't fast. Why don't they fast? They should be fasting. Why aren't they like everyone else? Why are they doing things different? And Jesus says, hey, no one puts new wine into old wineskin. What Jesus was saying is in the Old Testament, people would fast once a week. That was a requirement. The Pharisees said, you're supposed to fast two to three times. And everyone was doing all these things that Jesus did not require. And Jesus said, listen, you see my disciples? They're walking with me. They have a relationship with me. And I'm doing something new in their life. So I'm not going to subject them to do old things. And here's my point. A lot of us want God to do new things in our lives, but you're stuck in old ways. You want God to do new things in your life, but you're stuck in old mentalities and old habits and old attitudes and old ways of living. And God says, no one puts new wine into old wineskin, so don't ask God to do new things in your life if you're going to be the same old you. Can I get an amen? And that's what Jesus was saying. When it comes to my disciples, they're doing new things because I'm doing something new in their life. And if you desire for God to do something new in your life, how dare we even ask Him to do something new if we're committed to still doing the same old things? You see, a lot of us can say, God, I want a new life. I want a new attitude. I want a new perspective. I want a new life. I want to change. I want to see things differently. But the result is a lot of us want to stay doing the same old things. And Jesus said, you're like old wineskin. And here's where the Bible began to really open up to me. You see, wineskin would run dry. It would run empty. And as they tossed it outside, the sun would beat on it. And it would dry up so much that there came a point that it was drained, it was empty, it was dry, and it got hardened. 
And as they got hardened, you could not put new wine into it because after a while it would swell up and it would just break apart and damage. And this is what I think about a lot of us here in this church. Can I just preach to my church? I think that we want God to do new things in our life. You want God to do new things in, in, in your family and, and your children and your future. And I get that. But what if you're an old wineskin? You say, well, Pastor, what are you talking about? What if you know God can bring change into your life, but spiritually speaking, you're dry? Life, like the sun, has just beaten you down. It has just dried you up. What if you want God to do new things, but you've become hardened? Could God really do anything in the life of a believer that's dry? Could God really do something new in the life of a believer that's not only dry, but has been hardened? Can God do anything new in the life of a believer who lives life empty? And that's where God began to speak to my heart because I believe that we ask God to do new things and to change us and to bless us. But when we really look down into our hearts and our spiritual lives, we have run dry, we have run empty, we have become hardened, and we're telling God, but I still want something new. But God says, I can't do anything new into your life because if I bring those new things, you're just going to ruin it. Your dryness is just going to damage it. And we desire for God to do new things. But spiritually, we're like this old wineskin. And be honest with yourself. Maybe you're empty and dry. In the Bible, dryness, spiritually, dryness meant where spiritually with God, you just felt no excitement anymore for the things of God. It's just become routine. If you went to church this morning, which you did, but you woke up as though it was something you had to do, you're dry. If you leave this church today and nothing's changed and, and you're back to normal and you're thinking about laundry and work and the busyness and everything you got to do and nothing, I mean, church meant nothing to you today, you're dry. If, if you sit down to pray and you can't even last a minute because your mind wanders to other things, you're dry. If you read the Bible, but the Bible doesn't read you back and you're just flipping through pages and you don't get it, you're dry. If you're worshiping and singing songs, but your mind is on something else and you're just singing the lyrics, you might as well be in a karaoke bar because it's the same thing. You're dry. If you see a lost person, you say, man, if Jesus could save them, if Jesus could change them, but you do nothing to talk about them, to talk to Jesus about them, you're dry. You want God to do new things in your life, but you're empty inside. You're dry. And when it becomes dry, it gets harder. And it hardens. And in the Bible, when you were, when you were hard hardened, it meant two things. One, you became stubborn. 
and easily angered and frustrated. And you're asking God, I want to do something new. I want you to change my life. But your heart is hardened. You're angry all the time. You're frustrated all the time. You're hot-headed all the time. Then you have a serious issue and it's in your heart. We tell God, I want to do something new. I want God to do new things in my life. But you're spiritually hardened. The things of God no longer move you. When you're hardened, your joy is gone. Your peace is gone. You worry all the time. You're angry all the time. You're stubborn all the time. You only do things your way and you get mad at everyone else. You're spiritually hardened. And yet we're there with the same spiritual dryness, spiritual emptiness. And in our hearts, we're hardened. And we tell God, will you bless me? Because in the Bible, wine represented not only the blood of Jesus, but the Lord's favor and blessing. And you're telling, you're dry and empty. But, but you're telling God, would you bless me? Lord, would you, would, you, would you give me something new? Would you change my life? Would you make something different? Would you do something? Can I have your favor? Can I have your blessing? But, but meanwhile, God, I'm going to stay hard and dry and empty and selfish and bitter and angry and stubborn. And I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to read the Bible. I'm not going to be close to you. But Lord, I hope you can still bless me. And then Jesus says, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. You want God this year to do something new, but you want to stay the same old? Good luck with that. Let me know how it goes. We'll be back 2023, stuck. Nothing's changed. Pastor, I think it's broken. You're not working. The church ain't working. I don't know what's going on. But what if I'm preaching truth today? And God says, Oh, I, I have new. I have blessing, I have favor, I have change, I have miracles, I can change your life. But let's talk about you. Why are you so empty? You, you fill your life up with pleasure, distraction, money, work. But you have no joy. You're empty. Oh, you come to church, but your heart is hardened. It does nothing for you. It doesn't move you. You, you think about lunch during the 1230 hour. You start thinking about all the things you got to do. And, and it was hard for you to get out of bed this morning. Oh my God, I got to go to church. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about you not serving. Let's talk about you not praying. Let's talk about you not being in the Word of God. Let's talk about the fact that the closest you get to God is one hour on Sunday. If you're not busy, one hour I'll give you, God. But the rest of the week, I'm checking out. Let's talk about that. 
Before we even get to this, before you even think about God blessing you and giving you favor and changing your life, let's talk about God changing you. Happy New Year, everyone. Because we desire God to change us. But doesn't it frighten you that God says no one puts new wine into old skin? If you're old skin, if you're spiritually like that skin, and you'll become hardened, and you'll become dried, and you'll become empty, but the only difference is you still go to church, and you sing songs, and you try to pray, but you're saying, Pastor, I'm guilty, my heart is hardened, and I'm empty inside, and spiritually I'm dry. I want to tell you with love, that's okay. Because we've all been there. I believe like the same way the sun beats down on that wineskin and dries it up and hardens it. I believe some of you have gotten so beat in life, it has just hardened you spiritually. And don't come to church like you're full when you know you're empty. We got to stop coming down on people that confess their dryness before the Lord. We have to stop condemning people when they say, I don't feel God in my life. It's okay if that's you this morning. And you're saying, Pastor, I love you, but when you preach, my mind wanders. I love you too. Well, Pastor, I love our church. I love Forward. But when Frankie's singing, I'm on my phone. I understand that. Well, Pastor, I love the Word of God, but when I read it, I don't understand it and it's boring. I don't get that because the Word is awesome, but I get it. I get it. If you've come to church this morning, you're dry. And if you woke up and you're thinking, man, should I even go to church today? I get it. I've done that myself. But I'm the pastor. I'm, I'm here. I get it when you're tired of serving people. I get it when you're in church and you say, man, I want to get out of here. I want to go fishing better. I get it. I get it. And I love you. But I love you too much to just let you stay that way. Jesus says no one puts new into old. And if you're telling God, I, I want new, then God is saying, I want new also. I want to bless you. I want to give you favor. I want to get better. I want you to do better. I want life to go your way. I want to give you my best, but I can't. Because no one puts new into old. And if this is you spiritually, and you're saying, I'm empty, I'm dry, I've become hard in my heart, lost. I've, I have no compassion, no joy, no peace. I'm stubborn, I'm selfish, I'm self-centered, I'm angry, I'm, stu I'm just a horrible person and I'm empty inside and I'm dry. God's not going to bless you until He changes you. 
And if you feel like you're empty inside and you dry inside and you've lost your joy for life in the Lord, you've come to the right place this morning because there's hope. In verse 17, as I prayed about this, I said, Lord, I want you to do new things in our church. I want you to do new things in the life of the people in our church. But what if we're old? And dry? And empty? What if 2021 literally sucked the joy right out of you? What if 21 literally beat you so much you spiritually been hardened? What if 2021 was so unfair it drained you? And I see your faces. I know when you have drained. I know when you're empty. I know when you're hardened. But you know what's sad? As Christians, we have to hide it. We can't confess it because what if people, if people really knew how dry and hardened I was, they might judge me and the person you're worried about judging you might be spiritually dry themselves, but they can't talk about it because they're afraid that you who are spiritually dry is going to judge them. Can we just say in Jesus' name, we're all dry. We're all empty. We're all miserable. I'm not looking forward to this next year because I know the next... I don't know how many years, but I know we get dry sometimes. We get empty inside and say, well, pastor, where's the hope? Could you have not said new year, new you? No, I can't. Because even though we have a new year, it doesn't guarantee a new you if you're going to stay the old you. So let me ask you again. Do you want to see God do new things in your life? Do you want to see God bless you? And the Bible says this is the year of the Lord's favor. I want to see that for your life. But I'm going to be honest with you. Before you even think about the new that God has for you, Think about the old God wants to get rid of. Think about old ways, old habits, old thought patterns, old things that you're doing that God says, if that doesn't change, I can't do the new. You guys understand me? Here's the hope in verse 17 again. Neither do men pour new wine into old. You guys got that already. If they do, the skin will burst, the wine will run out, and the wine skin will be ruined. So see, if God blesses you with new things, but you have the same old character, you're going to ruin it. If you got it, say amen. But notice this next verse. It says, the wine will run out, the wine skin will be ruined. No, here's the hope. They pour new wine into new wineskin. Let me teach you something. You guys, put your thinking caps on here for a second. We're going to get a little deeper. You ready? 
The Bible says no. They put new wine into new wineskin. The word new and the word new wine, that word new in the Greek is the word neos, which literally means brand new, fresh. It actually means to be born like a new baby. So when God says, I have new wine, he literally means different. He literally means new, fresh, exciting. This is new. But did you know that when the Bible talks about new wine, but also new wineskin, that word new for wineskin is the word kanos, which does not mean the same thing. It means to be renewed. Not to have something brand new, but renewed. So when you read it in the Greek, the Bible says that you get new, brand new, fresh, exciting wine, but you put it inside renewed wineskin. And here's why there's so much joy and beauty in this passage. Because if you are like that old wineskin and you're saying, Pastor, life has beaten me down like the sun. I have become hardened. I'm dry. I'm empty. I'm bitter. I'm selfish. I have no joy. I have no peace. I can barely pray, stay up to read the Bible. The things of God don't excite me. A long time ago, I remember being full. I remember having joy, being excited for the things of God, but lately I've been dry, I've been empty, I've been hardened, I have been pretty much broken. God says, I want to renew that. God doesn't say, I need to get rid of you, you're useless, because when wineskin ran dry and hardened, you did not just discard it, you did not just throw it away, because it was very priceless, it was very expensive, you kept it. And if you've become spiritually dry and empty, God's not done with you. God doesn't say, well, you've been a Christian five years. How dare you be dry? You've been a Christian since the 80s and early 90s. How could you still be empty now? No, I'm done with you. God doesn't say that. God says it spiritually, if you've run dry, you're empty. Before I can even do new things in your life, I have to renew you. And that's my message for this new year. Your first New Year's resolution should be, Lord, renew me before you do anything new in my life. Renew me. Change me first before you change anything in my life. Renew my love for you and others. Renew my family and my marriage. Renew the joy that I once had. Renew the courage and the strength and the passion. Renew that smile I used to have with you, Lord, because now I've emptied. Lord, if I'm honest, I'm dry. And God looks at you with such love, He says, I know. And look at you. You're not the same. 
You've lost that joy of your salvation. You've lost that excitement. You've lost that compassion. You've become dry and hardened and empty. And God says, but I'm not done with you. I still want to bless you. I still want to do new things in your life. But before I can even do that, I need to renew you. To get you ready for what I have. I believe it's so beautiful when God says, instead of putting new skin, I'm going to just renew you. How many of you need God to just renew you this year? To renew your hope, renew your strength. We're not always strong. We're not, we're not always faithful. We're not always compassionate. We're not always on fire for God. We run empty. We run dry. No, no family is always together. No, you go through seasons of dryness. No marriage is always full of heart, compassion and love. No, you run dry sometimes. And if you have a dried up life, a dried up family, a dried up relationship with God, a dried up marriage, rather than thinking, man, it's over, it's hopeless, fall on the feet of Jesus and say, renew this. Because I don't want to throw this away. I need it to be renewed. Here's the problem with our sick society. We always want new things, so we get rid of the old things. And God says, I don't get rid of the old things. I just renew them. And instead of saying, you know what's going to make me happy? A new wife. Yep, or a new husband. That's why divorce is among 65% now in Christians. We don't like renewing the old thing you have right next to you. You want the hot new thing that you're too old to handle anyway. But we just want you. No, Pastor. And I've been a pastor too long to see how dumb people are. Pastor, I just think I need a new marriage. That's it. No, Pastor, I just think I just need a new job. I just need, you know, people say, no, we just need a new church. We just need a new location. We just need new this. No. We have to become like God. And God says, I make all things new, but sometimes what you think is brand new is actually me just saying, I want to renew you. Wouldn't it be awesome if we're just honest with God and saying, Lord, I just need to renew my love for you. Lord, I need to renew the passion I once had for my spouse. I need to renew the, the, the determination I had to serve you. God, I need a renewing. I need you to renew. God says, I'm all into that. God says, I do new things, brand new things. Only after I've renewed you. So before you think about anything new you want God to do, ask yourself, Lord, do I need to be renewed? Do I need to renew my faith, my devotion, my passion? Many people, many great people in the Bible had to go through a season of dryness where they asked God to renew them. 
So before you even seek God in prayer, Lord, change my life, do a miracle work and blessing and favor and whatever else you want to tell God, why don't you stop for a moment and say, Lord, but before you do any of that, renew me first, because Lord, if you do any of the new things in my life, but I'm the same old me, it's just going to get ruined. Renew me before you renew anything. Look at Psalm 51, 10 and 12. David, King David, the worshiper, the man after God's own heart, the most loyal servant in the Bible, next to Jesus, even prayed, create in me a pure heart, O Lord, and what? Renew. Steadfast spirit. That word steadfast spirit means a spirit of faithfulness to be firm in the Lord. You know, David only said this after he was confronted about his sin and adultery. So David noticed, man, how did I fall so far? How did I commit murder? How did I commit adultery? How did I waver? How did I compromise? What's wrong with me? And David instantly knew. I need God to renew my spirit. I need God to renew that spirit that was once so firm and so faithful that I would not even dare look at a woman lustfully. I would stay firm in the Word of God. What happened to that old David? I missed that David. And he got on his knees and said, Lord, renew. Renew me. He didn't say, Lord, I just need less stress. I just need a different job. I just need to stop all the busyness and the chaos of being a king. I just need a new house or I just need a new chariot and maybe I'll be happy. No. He said, Lord, I need you to renew me. Isaiah 40, 31, even the Bible said in Isaiah, those who hope in the Lord will what? Renew their strength. Which means that sometimes as believers, our strength needs to be renewed because you're not as strong as you used to be. How do you know you're not as strong as you used to be? Notice those who hope in the Lord. And hope is the expectation of something greater and better yet to come. How do you know spiritually you've lost your strength? You stop hoping. You don't think life is going to get better. And someone says, hey, God's going to bless you. I don't know about that. Nothing's changed. Everything's the same. Life is unfair. And you no longer have this excitement that God's going to do new things. Because your strength needs to be renewed. Romans 12.2, popular verse, but notice what the Bible says. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your minds. Because notice the three aspects that the Bible talks about. With David, it was a spiritual renewal. With Isaiah, it was strength and it was a physical renewal. And in Romans, it was a mental one. Maybe you need to be renewed mentally. Your thoughts have the worst of you. You think negative all the time. You think jealous all the time. 
You think the worst about yourself and life and others and your thoughts keep you up at night. You live with constant worry and fear and anxiety and your thoughts just plague you with anger and discouragement and depression. Don't you know whether it's spiritual, emotional, mental or physical, God says, I want to renew you. Because these are areas in your life you can fall victim to and not even see that you need renewing in. And maybe like David, you need to be renewed spiritually because you're living in sin, doing things you know it's wrong, compromising in things you thought you'd never compromise, and you're only doing that because spiritually you've run dry. So it's easy for you to run to the world. Maybe you're living a life of hopelessness and depression and you need God to renew your strength again. Or renewing in your mind. But see, here's the point. Before you can even think of God, this is where the church has it wrong. We always preach about the new things God can do in your life and how new God can do things and God can bless you and God can favor you and God can change your circumstances and God can do all things new again. But why is it that we forget that God says, I don't do just new things, I cannot do new things in old ways. So here's the thing. If you've run dry spiritually, if you become hardened in your heart, if you're running on empty, can we just put this aside for a minute? What if this was your dream? What if this is the desires of your heart? What if this is the blessing and the favor and the miracles you want to see God do in your life? What if this is your family, your children, your marriage, your future, your job, your finances, your health? What if this represents the new things God wants to do, but God says, listen, I have it, it's yours, I can do it, but I'm just going to put it aside for a moment. And you're thinking, well, why God? Why? I want it now. Lord, I need that now. And God says, no, no, no. Put that aside. And let's talk about you. You're dry. No, God, but I go to church. Yeah, but I see you in church. You and your TikTok of yours. That Instagram. That YouTube you're always stuck on. You're dry. Okay, maybe I'm a little dry. No, no, you're a lot dry. You've lost your, you're, you're, you're hardened. You have an attitude on you. You've lost your joy. You've lost your compassion. You've become hardened. Look at your face. And you're, yeah, you're a Christian. You're saved, but you're miserable. Nothing moves you anymore. Did you see the words of that song Frankie sang? And it meant nothing to you. Oh, and you had a chance to spend 20 minutes with me alone because I got you up earlier. But you just went and put on the news instead. And oh, let's not even talk about the filth you watch on TV. And the music you listen to. You're hardened. 
And you see that over there? That's the blessing and the favor and the miracles and the life transforming. I mean, I can transform your life in a heartbeat. But you'll never get that until you let me change this. And I know I look crazy now. But am I preaching to you this morning? To our church? Remember, God says, I, I renewed things. And I want to renew your spirit. I want to renew your mind. I want to renew your strength. So what is it that you do when the wineskin got hard? It was first submerged in water. Now isn't it interesting in the Bible, water represented life? Your life. Isn't it interesting that when we get baptized, we don't just sprinkle like certain people, we, we fully submerge, we go all in, right? And some of you right now, this is what's going to happen. You're saying, man, pastor got me. And it's just, we just started the new year and he already got me. Yeah, Lord, I am hardened. I am dry. I am empty. Lord, change me. Just a little bit. This is what people do with God. Oh, I want God to bless me. I want God's favor. I want him to change my life, my home, my family, my marriage. Yeah, but Lord, I just want a little bit of if I have time, yeah, I go to church. Oh, but I don't have time. I'm busy, I'm tired, I got this, I got this, I got Christmas, I got parties, I got this, I got people. But Lord, when I can, I'm able, and I'm ready, would you just, just a little bit of Jesus? Church, could this change? Wineskin? Why do you do that with God? Well, I'll just, maybe you read, I'll go to church this month. I'll read a little bit. I'll pray a little bit. I'll just... Or some of you, you say, no, I want to change, Lord, but you're halfway in. Halfway with God, halfway with the world. You want to know this is you? What you do this New Year's? Halfway. And this is your relationship with God. You're saying, Lord, yeah, but I'm a Christian and I'm saved and I go to church and I pray, but there's this other half to me. And God says, yeah, I know. This is good. But as long as this stays like this, I can't give you that. So a little bit of Jesus is going to do nothing. Going halfway with the Lord is going to do nothing. And this is where you are with God. You have to make a commitment to say, Lord, I'm all weak. Lord, I will prioritize you in my life. I will commit myself to you. I will watch what I watch, watch what I listen to. I will put things into my life that honor you. I will be all in with you. I will be all in with church, all in with fellowship, all in with the Bible. I will pray. I may not do it right. I may struggle, but Lord, I'm all in. And when you begin to get all in with God, what happens is they would leave it long enough in the water. And then once it got out, they would get oil. 
fire. And in the Bible, oil represented the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting because water represents life, oil represents the Spirit. And if God says, if you live a spiritual life where you're all in and you're constantly applying the Spirit of God into your life, and it's a constant thing, not just once in a while, not once when I'm ready, if I have time, but it's a constant. God, I need you. I'm seeking you. I'm praying. I'm in the Word. I'm fellowshipping with my other believers. I'm all in. Something begins to happen. You begin to soften up. And it becomes easier to move. And then God says, Now, that you're all in, and spiritually, you're just reapplying me every day. And now that you're not hardened anymore, now that you're full and you have joy and you have peace and compassion and you're on fire for me again, now I can do new things in your life. Now I can pour in my blessing. Now, because I've been changing. And I renewed you. And as we close this week, I want to ask you this honest God question this morning. With every head bowed and good eye closed. Can God speak to you this morning? You want God to do new things? But you're the same old you. And if you're here this morning, you're saying, Pastor, I'm empty. I've lost my joy in life. I have an emptiness in me. I'm hardened in my heart. I don't feel the presence of God like I'm used to. I'm, I'm, I'm hardened, I'm angry, I'm selfish and stubborn, I'm mean. Prayer doesn't fill me anymore, worship doesn't fill me anymore, I'm distracted, I think a little bit of God's going to be enough, I'm halfway in the world, halfway with God. And I want God to do new things in my life. I want God to bless me with his favor. I want God to bring change in my life. And Pastor, I confess before God today, I'm guilty of being the same old sin. That's you. Would you put that hand up? There's no judgment. God bless you all around the world. I want you to just stay there where you're at today. Just tell the Lord this morning, Lord, I'm old skin. I'm empty inside. I've lost the joy of my salvation. I've lost that compassion I have to serve you, the church. I've lost that, that fire I once had. Today, the Lord looks at you with love. He doesn't get rid of you. doesn't discard you. But he says, I want to renew you. Maybe you're like David, you're saying, Pastor, I'm living in ways I know are right because my spirit needs to be renewed. 
my strength needs to be renewed. I no longer have hope and enthusiasm for life and my future. I've been so beaten by life that I'm discouraged and depressed all the time. And anytime I hear of the God promises, I don't think they apply to me. I'm just living a life of hopelessness. And I need to renew my faith. I need to renew the strength of my faith, the strength of my love. I need a renewal in my strength. Or you're saying, God, I need a renewal in my mind. My mind has me worried and anxious, depressed, discouraged, angry all the time. And so I'll stand toward me with every head bowed and every eye closed. I believe God has new for you. Maybe this year, maybe not. But the first resolution I want you to make as a church.